ESPN Honolulu brings you On Point with Artie Wilson. Brought to you by Ultimate Innovations, Artie Wilson and Associates, Hawaii State Federal Credit Union, and the Kahala Clinic for Children and Family. Aloha and welcome to the show. Happy uh, Friday to everyone. And as always, we hope you're having a fantastic week and looking forward to a great weekend. This, uh, this will be... A nice weekend for the University of Hawaii to uh, get things going. As I see the voice of the Rainbow Wahine team, Tiff Wells, coming in the studio bright and early, getting prepared for his match tonight. Nice to see Tiff. Tiff Tiff's a fairly newlywed. He's still, I, I call him still a newlywed, and he's he's coming in with a little pep in his step, so that's a good thing. Must mean at home things are going very well, and I appreciate that. In any event, welcome to the show. I hope you're having a great week. Looking forward to an outstanding weekend. Got Wahine Volleyball tonight. Got the biggest game for Timmy Chang's career as far as a coach, a head coach. Uh, Of course, he's only been a head coach for what this now, 13, 4, 17 games. So uh, this is the biggest game, I think, in his career to date as a head coach because Hawaii playing against New Mexico State is going to be must-see action. And I'm hoping people will get out to the the T.C. Ching field and take take the game in in person. If not, of course, you'll be able to hear it here on ESPN 1420 uh, as well as watching on Spectrum. But this, uh, this game, critical for, for the UH football team, I think, uh, to, to stop the skid and turn the fortunes around just a little bit. It's still only one game, but they need every game they can get. We'll talk with uh, Rich Miano, with moments with Miano uh, in a few moments, uh, and we'll get his take on it. I've got some real strong opinions on some things. We'll get into that a little later. We have uh, the exhibition basketball game with Hawaii against St. Mary's. Uh, has been officially uh, put in play, and uh, that's a, a benefit for Maui. And uh, I think we all still need to keep uh, all our brothers and sisters on Maui uh, close to our heart and pockets and do what we can to help people because as the days go on and the months go on, the memory of the fires start to fade for a lot of people because they're not impacted on the daily it's critical that we keep it at our forefront. We keep it uh, real because the rebuild and the recovery and and all of that is not momentary. It it will take weeks, months, even years to make it uh, make it hold again. And we need to make sure we stay uh, in the in the battle, so to speak. We need to be there for for our brothers and sisters on Maui and uh, make sure that they know they're not forgotten especially all the families that were displaced and the businesses that were lost. Uh, We need to rebuild and rebuild even bigger and better and stronger. Uh, And hopefully that will happen. Um, Today's show, kind of wide open. We're going to talk a little uh, NFL. Um, We're going to talk a little uh, UH football. We'll talk Wahine volleyball, uh, NBA, the trade talks with, with Damian Lillard. I, I'm almost getting. Well, no, I'm not almost. I'm tired of. I'm tired of that. Either pull the trigger, make a trade, or tell him he's gonna play 
for the Blazers, period. Uh, and, and between the, who's going who's gonna to get settled first, Damian Lillard or James Harden? I mean, and I hate putting Damian Lillard in the James Harden category, but they're starting to be looking like one and the same. Who will get, will, will, or will there be some type of trade that involves both of them together? That's a likelihood as well. But Damian Lillard is, I think, one of the premier guards that has played in the NBA. He has been being an all-star. He, he's incredible in his ability to, to hit big-time shots when it's, when it's dame time. And he, he has been unbelievable. He's been loyal to the Trailblazers. I'm kind of surprised, but yet I'm not that the Portland Trailblazers would take a position that they're taking for a guy who's given them pretty much everything he's had, and they've gotten his best years. He may have one or two more good years in him, and then he'll start going down the hill like most guys when they hit their mid-30s when it comes to playing in the NBA. But I I just would like to see it get resolved uh, one way or another. And... uh, Let's see if that all comes together. Let's see if it all comes together. Once again, the number, 808-296-1420. Big match tonight, Hawaii, their volleyball, they've got to get it done. I know a moment ago or earlier you heard uh, Tiff Wells on the Animals show talking about the match tonight and the, the things that have happened and are continuing to happen with the Wahine volleyball team. I I I I get I get a little I get my the little bothered when I hear people talking about oh yeah we well after we win the Big West and hey, you know what you gotta you have to play each and every match and win that I mean yeah should the expectation be should the hope be that we win the Big West absolutely but I I don't like to have it talked about too much because the other teams come out and play and when they play against the Wahine especially in conference, they bring their A-game or A-plus game. And if you don't have your A-game and you think you're going to go with a C effort, you're going to get bumped and upset by somebody in conference that you don't expect to upset you. So that's one of the challenges for Robin and and the coaching staff and, and her girls is to mentally stay sharp, stay focused, Stay stay on point, so to speak, because each and every time out, everybody wants to beat you because you're the big dog. I love that. I love being the big dog. I've always liked that position. I bring it on. It's kind of my attitude and always has been. Um, and uh, it forces you to stay sharp. And hopefully Robin is making sure that her young ladies who compete, I think, really well, uh, that they're they're on point and they're ready to to perform. They have to, and I think Tiff described this perfectly. They have to learn how to finish. Um, and when I say finish, they they can't have lulls in matches where they just go flat for three, four, five points. They've got to finish. When you get a you get an opponent down, you finish it. You finish it as quick as possible. You don't give them any hope. You don't give them any life. I've always said, even in basketball, when you get a run on somebody and you're up 12, 14, take the run up to 20. 
don't ease up now that you're up 12 or 14 because they can get a run on you as soon as you stop playing with the same intensity and firepower. So hopefully uh, Robin's young ladies, after being, you know, pretty much halfway through their season, um, they're starting to get it, and mentally they need to take that next step. I don't think it's really a physical thing for them now. I think it's a mental thing that they have to take their game up and their, their play up to another level in order to have absolute success. Phone lines are open. I'm welcoming your phone calls, 808-296-1420. I'd love to hear some comments and thoughts from you uh, about what's going on um, because we will, uh, we will have a busy weekend this weekend. You've got volleyball, football, volleyball, and uh, all, uh, all three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, should be fun for UH Sports. You know what we should do? Um, because we're going to go with moments with Mianos, let's, uh, let's take an early break. Let's take an early break. That will give Rich a couple more moments to get some of his thoughts out. So we'll be back with On Point, and we'll bring on Coach Rich Miano in just a moment. Welcome back to the show. Let's go out and get from uh, our man Rich moments with Mianos. What's up, Rich? How you doing? Good, Artie, man. I'm kind of anticipating this University of Hawaii, New Mexico State University to be kind of a litmus test to see if this floor has risen and uh, how fast that elevator is trying to get to the top. Yeah, no, I, I, I said at the beginning of the show, and I'm not sure if you heard me, I said this is, this is the biggest game in the head coaching career thus far for Timmy Chang. I mean, he's, you know, he's only been there 17 games uh, as a head coach. But this, this game tomorrow, I think this is as, as important a game as any game that, that UH has had in a few years, and it's the most important game for Timmy Chang as a head coach. Yeah, and it catapults them into the Mountain West Conference, which is obviously next week in Vegas, a, a team that had, had that beat Vanderbilt in Nashville and a team that obviously is on the rise athletically as well. So you're, you're exactly right. I think from a mental standpoint, from a confidence standpoint, you know, uh, a loss would be demoralizing. And if you go back last year, and obviously you take a new team picture every year because the team changes – that was the most deafening, deflating loss of last season up in Las Cruces, and they got physically pounded. They got physically beat, and to me, that was a sign that that was going to be a three and nine football team. So, I, I do think this is a sign. This is a telltale in terms of how the Rainbow Warriors will compete in Mountain West Conference play. Yeah, no question about it. And again, I, I have said even after, you know, it's funny, I look back and it's been a month now, I look back at the first game and everybody after after the the uh, Vanderbilt uh, game, uh, it was, oh, the, how many, we're going to win nine and we're going to a bowl. I'm like, oh, wait, one, one game does not make a season. Uh, as important as this game is tomorrow, it doesn't make a season, but I think it, it, puts you on either the track to success or 
you're on the track and you're going to have to figure out what else you can do to get back on the track to success. You know, it's, well, it's, it's a tough place to be, but, but they're, they're there now and they've got to make the most of it. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. Artie. There is reason for optimism after game one, but at the same time, you know, anyone that knows football knows that Vanderbilt is one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the SEC, knew that Stanford will be one of the worst teams in the pack, whatever you want to call it, 12. And, and then, you know, Albany was a fairly decent SDS team. But you're, from here on out, I mean, Hawaii, if they don't play well, is, are not going to win very many football games. It'll be eerily similar to last season. If they do play well and they play disciplined, and they start to, you know, be fundamentally sound and grow week in and week out, you know, they could compete for seven wins or something like of that magnitude. But anybody that thought this was uh, going to be the greatest turnaround in, in Hawaii history uh, is kind of doesn't really understand football. No, no question about it. And here, here's my, my thing with uh... – and, and I've been listening to so many people, and unfortunately we didn't have a show last week because of a, the Wahine volleyball team playing and being on the air. I was worried about Oregon, but I, did, I wasn't. I mean, I, I kind of understood what was going to happen at Oregon. And it's funny, I had picked it to be 56-10, and I was really close on that one. Uh, I, I, uh, I knew Oregon would be the dominant team, the, the more athletic, more physical um, I wanted to see if we would we would have fight in us, and and for the most part you saw it h- here and there, but I didn't think that as a unit you saw the kind of effort that that has been representative of UH football. I don't know if you felt that or saw that yourself, or did you think they just kind of went through the motions at times in that game last week? No, no, I thought that. I thought there was some gap integrity problems, gap cancellation. There were some schematic problems in terms of alignment and assignment defensively. I thought offensively, you knew they weren't going to be able to protect, but it looked like Braden Shager had his worst game, didn't have a lot of confidence. Some of that was obviously from superior uh, competition, whether they're locking up on the outside with their cornerbacks playing press coverage or you know they're bringing guys that uh, the University of Hawaii offensive line couldn't handle in protection. Uh, there, there were all kinds of issues. It was not a good performance. The only good performance that I really can talk about is probably Nalu Emerson and Noah Kemmer, the linebackers. I thought played spirited and, and made some plays, and they were kind of all over the field. But, yeah, that was, you know, one of those uh, games where you, you take your million dollars or however much they paid the University of Hawaii. But, you know, and I don't want to change the narrative, but I think the state of Hawaii is complicit because 20 years ago, University of Hawaii record against Oregon was positive. Twenty years ago, the University of Hawaii's record against Utah was positive, and they weren't in the Pac-12. Ten years ago, they weren't in the Pac-12. They've built stadiums, they've built facilities, they've funded their football program beyond you know reproach. And here we are, you know, wondering if we're going to be in a, a new conference, whether there's going to be um, something that you know somebody that's going to want us when. We used to be a prideful state that, you know, we still have Kahuku football kind of, you know, nationwide recognition. And here we have University of Hawaii football dissipating on a yearly basis. And I don't care if it's Governor Ige, the legislature, the Senate, the, the past governors. We're all complicit in this if we don't buy season tickets. We're all complicit if we don't buy pay-per-view. We're all complicit if we don't fund this program. Because are we even a Division One program? That is unsettling to me. Yeah, well, Rich, you're you're absolutely right, and 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 I think you have said it. I said it. 
the last eight to 10 years, we were heading down a road and people weren't listening. And, and, and there was no plan in place for eight to 10 years. And now we're, we're where we are. We are where we are, uh, so to speak. And uh, we're struggling right now. We're struggling from uh, where do we go from here? And, and it, it stops and starts with the football program. And the football program is the engine that runs everything. The Wahine volleyball uh, program is great. The Wahine basketball program has had some success in the Big West. The men, hopefully this year in basketball, will, will compete and try and be at the top of the conference and not in the middle of the conference. And Charlie Wade and his uh, volleyball team has had a couple of really unbelievable years, actually a number of unbelievable years. But as a, as a program, this university has to decide if it truly wants to be Division I, and we've got to make some hard and tough decisions on a lot of things in order to be Division I, and we need to have the total state buy-in, all the parties involved from the legislators to the, to the business people to alumni to everything else buy-in to make this place a legitimate Division I program. And then the university has to do its part and put a great product on the field or on the court or, or on the diamond. Yeah, and Artie, you know, we, we got rid of Ty Graham, which was somewhat cancerous. David Matlin is gone. David Lassner announced his retirement, and although it's going to be the end of 24, hopefully the new president will actually care about athletics and not just go to games and, you know, smile and all those other things, but actually get funding for a new performance center, actually get funding for, you know, nutrition for these athletes. And I'm not just talking about football. I'm talking about every sport because all of the sports you mentioned could be a lot better if we had better facilities, if we were in a better league, if we were – had better apparel contracts if we had. And that's what these young people deserve, both genders, 19 sports, uh, over 500 athletes. And if we're going to be a Division One status in any sport, we need to at least try to keep up in the Mountain West Conference because we are falling where we're almost one double A or FCS type of facilities and uh, funding. Yeah, well, that, and that's, that it makes me sick because I remember traveling – uh, with my good buddy Jim Leahy, before I started working with Kanoa, we would go to Utah and we would go to BYU and we'd go to New Mexico and you go to El Paso San you, in San Diego State. And we would go there and that's, I mean, all those programs are booming and we have gone in the other direction. And, and it's... We, uh, we really have, Artie. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is I, I think we need more journalists. I think we need more media people. I think we need more people. And, you know, and there's bigger needs. Trust me. You know, I just went to Maui on Wednesday and handed out 2,500 pairs of van shoes and towels and shirts and everything else and saw Lahaina firsthand and have family members that lost their homes. we got the rail being built. We've got so many educational needs and infrastructural needs. But at the same time, we, we, we do deserve a Division One program since we don't have professional sports. And I just don't think that people get it. And, and if they don't get it, then we're going to be playing like Portland State, Montana. Montana State, sporty. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they're pretty sporty already. Yeah, we're yeah, yeah. we're going to play them and be in the middle of the pack probably. Yeah, it's just uh, for our children not to have like, you know, uh, you know, think about this. We had a 50,000-seat stadium where we once filled. Now we're talking trying to fill 15,000. Didn't fill nine. 
sufficiently last year. You know, and another thing that bothers me is there were 3,000 students at the Stanford game, and it was a whiteout, and it was a phenomenal student section. Next week against Albany, there's maybe 500. Yeah. I'm not sure what we did from a promotional standpoint, what we did from a marketing standpoint, but kids, the students need to at least attend these football games to make it the right type of atmosphere. Yeah, well, when when the when the when there was students at the UH games, when it was at Halava, when you guys were coaching and and the teams were playing, there were students at those games. Okay, and I, now I'm hearing. I heard earlier that the reason students don't want to go to Halava is because if they want to leave early, there's no buses or no transportation. I don't remember hearing any of that when when there were 40, 45,000, 50,000 people watching Hawaii play Washington or watching watching uh, back in the day. Now, that's back in the day. We are in 2023 right now. You want the students to come out, but Hawaii has never been a school where the students are so crazy in, into the, the teams, even back back way back in the day when we played at Blaisdell Arena the student section was minimal but the fans for Hawaii the the adult fans the business people they all came out and watched us play that's what Hawaii will always be so to cry to put a stadium on campus because the students will come I don't even know if that makes sense my man because you need to have people come in and sit in those seats and, and have businesses and people all be a part of it. I love the fact that students were there for Stanford. They need to get out tomorrow and hopefully support this team because this team, tomorrow, they desperately need some support. They're going to need to have a crowd to be a factor in this game. Yeah, Ari, and you know, they spent $30 million upgrading the stadium from 9000 to 15000 they got to continue to, you know, this may be five, eight, ten years before a new entertainment Oof. district is built. And, and, and in that case, we need, you know, regular bathrooms, not porta potties. We need concession stands where the line for beer isn't, you know, one person serving a, a tap beer or whatever. <laughs> you have to make it continue to invest in this program on campus because who knows what the state is going to do with an entertainment district. But you're right. The fans deserve better. Uh, the entertainment has gotten better, and I give whoever credit uh, for bringing that big scoreboard in. And there's some good, you know, pre-game, halftime, post-game entertainment. But you have to continue to work with the fans and the students to make it a great experience, game day experience. And it's just we, it, 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 it's so pressing, and it's so depressing that we have young people that are deciding not to play for the University of Hawaii. Because they don't feel it's a Division One program, or it's not trending in the right direction. Yeah, well, that it's clearly not trending in the right direction. And at the end of the day, Rich, you and I both know people look at wins and losses. I mean, I, as much as as much as we talk about everything else, when it's all said and done, it's what's your record? How have you done? Are you trending in the right direction? Uh, and that's what's most important tomorrow. To me, the most important game. I mean, this this game is so critically important. And then, and if you win it, you feel good. If you lose it, now you really start to scramble because you got to take a trip to Vegas, and Vegas has a, a, a they, they're starting to turn their program around in a big way. Now Hawaii will have a great fan base. They may have more fans at UNLV game in Vegas than they have tomorrow. <laughs> 
which might be frightening. Uh, I, I truly believe that. Looking forward to the alumni meeting and, yeah. and, and not to jump around. But you're right. Tomorrow, there's a quarterback named Diego Pavia. I think that's how you say his last name. But anyway, he's good for 200 passing. He's good for 100 rushing. He's, this is a physical football team led by Jerry Keel, the, off, the, the head coach who's one of those grisly 62-year-old former offensive linemen that's just going to pound you. So the problem with losing to teams like this is you get physically beaten as well. So Hawaii has to be physical on both sides of the line of scrimmage. This is not superior talent, but this is philosophically some, someone that's going to come in and try to beat you up with body blows. And, you know, when you get beat up by body blows, the head follows. Yeah. And so – Hawaii has to be physical tomorrow night. And you're right, going up to UNLV, there's a quarterback named Jaden Mayava. He used to play for uh, Kaimoki High School. He is now 6'3", 6'4", 200-something pounds. He's from Hawaii. He's the starting quarterback who led them to victory last week over Vanderbilt. And guess what? Again, these are local boys who Hawaii could have recruited, should have recruited, would have got in the past if we had the proper facilities, if we had the proper funding. If we made, and, and you know, I'm a fan of Timmy Chang's, but why we didn't hire Craig Stutzman instead of Todd Graham? You know, when you go back to even the Norm Child uh, days or whatever else, you know, we had things that the choice of head coaches has been so important because you mentioned we have the second lowest winning percentage in the Mountain West Conference amongst 12 football members. That's embarrassing because yeah. we have tremendous talent here in the state, and we're the state's only team that plays football. And it would be much more competitive if we would have hired the right coaches in the last two decades. And I blame athletic directors for those decisions. And I'm a fan of Timmy Chang's, and we, I want to give him as much time as necessary because he was left with an empty, empty cupboard. There was nothing on the shelves. We lost 19 great players because of the hiring of the last football coach. Yeah, well, and yeah, and Tim, Timmy's trying to do what he can do, but it's tough. I mean, Timmy's never been a head coach. Okay, Timmy's never been a head coach, and it's tough to to come in and be a head coach of a program in the position that the program was in, and expect him to one learn how to be a head coach, two have credibility as a head coach, and three win. I mean, it it, it was almost an impossible task at the at the time he was he was appointed head coach because you. Like I tell everybody, you don't click your heels and all of a sudden become something or blink your eyes. This is not I I dream a genie. This is I mean, if that were the case, everybody would be superheroes. Uh, you I mean, it doesn't happen that way. You wisdom, knowledge, experience takes time, and and you don't get that. Think about yourself right now, Rich. You're you're in, in your late forties, right? So in your late 40s, because <laughs> I'm in my late 40s too, right with you. But you think about how much you know now and how experienced you are now as a football coach, knowing what you know and how to work with players and how to scheme and work with different things, you're so much better than you were in your first couple years as a coach. It's the same yeah, and, thing. And we, yeah, and we all know that, you know, obviously June Jones would have been a great choice to mentor Timmy myself and you'd have a 20-year plan of continuity and continuity is the most important thing to me in college athletics especially when you have uh somebody of that stature that's just willing to work pretty much for free and 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 you know we can't beat that horse because you know that past athletic director is no longer with us but at the same time i can assure fans that you know timmy is 
passionate. Timmy is intelligent. Timmy is trying. I love the hiring of Chris Brown, who I think should be an associate head coach or an assistant head coach and not just a linebacker coach because I've seen this guy recruit. I've seen this guy coach. I've seen his players play, and we're blessed to have a former alumni on that staff. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's, it's just one of those deals, Artie, where there almost needs to be an advisory committee. There almost needs to be um, – a, a, a deep dive into the University of Hawaii athletics so that people understand where they were 20 years ago, yeah. where they should be today. And, and, and do you really want it? Cause I think if people were educated on this and there was some type of memo, uh, mem- just some type of vote on this, I think they would want a, like a, a good college uh, athletic program. And I, and I think we have, you know, pretty decent volleyball program, uh, some other sports that are doing well, but they could be even better. And yeah. if you talk to Robin Amo, if you talk to Charlie Wade, if you talk to um, – they all deserve more. The kids deserve more, and that's the most important thing. It's not us. It's the kids. Greg Mackin made $1.4 million as a head coach. Timmy Chang's making $500,000. We've been cutting pretty much everything, and you kind of get what you pay for yeah. in terms of not paying for facilities, not paying coaches, not you know make, making sure that these athletes have – good apparel, good nutrition, good educational facilities. It's just, it's, it, I don't know, I have a special passion for the University of Hawaii, and obviously uh, I see this thing continuing, and hopefully Josh Green changes it. Yeah, well, it's got to happen, and, and hopefully it'll, it'll happen soon. We could spend the whole show talking about how to assist and help fix the university. One thing, one thing that's, that's clear, you've been fairly consistent. I think I've been very consistent. We know... We know how great this place can be because we've been there and been a part of it when it has been great. It can be great again, but you can't have people who don't understand greatness making decisions about greatness when they've never experienced it. I'll leave it with yeah, that. You know, <laughs> yeah, and you can leave it with that because it, I could go right into the high school football with uh, – the, the forfeiting, the, the, the competition, the safety levels that they just ruined again in, in high school football here in Hawaii. And there's no perfect science, already, but it is a matter of getting people in a room that actually have knowledge yep. before they make decisions and, and hiring great leaders. <laughs> it's all about leadership. And it's all about vision. And it's all about passion. And unfortunately, we don't pick the best leaders at just about anything yeah, to do yeah, with sports yeah. and, and this thing. Yep. All right, Rich. Well, look, man, I appreciate you. I was going to ask you a couple more things, but but I tell you what, we got to take a break. Can you can you hold on? I want to ask you one thing. We're going to take a break uh, and then we'll come right back. We'll be back with On Point. Welcome back to the show. Let's finish with Rich Miano. Coach, I got to ask you a question. I know we can beat up and we may have a show one day about how to fix UH. But until then, let's talk about uh, Deion Sanders. Is that not incredible what he has done at Colorado? And whether you like him or not is not even a question. I mean, I I got people who just, I can't stand him. I I don't like him. You don't have to like him. You're talking about him, so he's doing something that makes a difference. And that is an example of a guy who came in, took a 1-11 program, got rid of a bunch of players. So don't say it can't be done with the transfer portal. You can do it if you know how to do it. Is that not incredible what he's doing? 
it's the most incredible thing to happen to college athletics, uh, at least in my lifetime, or at least the last few decades when I've been uh, cognizant of what's happening in college athletics. It's, you know, Artie, he came out with a quote yesterday that said, I tried drugs, I tried women, I tried jewelry, I tried everything. Guess what? The only thing that has worked is the Lord. And when he talks, you talk about a constant, oh. a constant message that is resonating with. If you don't, if you don't like Deion Sanders, you're a hater because you must not like the fact that he wears, uh, you know, a chain with yeah, a cross. Yeah. You must, you know, be an atheist. You must be somebody who doesn't believe in like hip hop or uh, something of that nature. But there's no swearing. He 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 is a leader of young people. His messaging to his team, to the nation, to the sports community, to the world is. It's a phenomenon. Like, he could go straight into public speaking and command seven-figure fees with uh, corporate America because he's just genius when it comes to uh, his verbiage, his yeah. message. And you know what? Every kid in America wants to play for him. No what kidding. he's done for Colorado, they've paid his salary $5 million over ten tenfold. And it's, it's the greatest story in college sports. And I happen to know a little bit about Dion because when Coach Jones coached Dion, I came the following year. So I did a little due diligence on what type of person he was. And a lot of the things he did, even back then, were all for show because he recognized the marking ability of a young athlete. Yep. And now, it's, I'm not sure it's for show, but it's for messaging to spread the word. And you talk about gospel-like. You talk about a guy that could command attention among CEOs all the way down to high school football players. It's I think the greatest story I've heard and seen in college football in my lifetime. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you, Rich. And, and I, I had some people that, man, I, I just don't like him. Well, you, if you don't like him, like you said, you're a hater. And, and they're, not, they're not even as good as they're going to be. Because they're playing, I think. I think their team right now, physically, is not real gifted, other than a few players. When I tomorrow, I think they're going to struggle with Oregon. I think Oregon will probably beat Colorado, um, but you never know. I mean, Dion could get his guys to play well over their heads, but Oregon is a very good team. I'm anxious to see when they do lose a game what his messaging will be and how his his players will respond and how the how the the hysteria that's happening right now will will happen what will the fan base do right now colorado football is the hottest ticket in town and everybody i mean when you see the chancellor coming on doing a commercial talking about prime it's prime time i'm going whoa He's got everybody in that in that university in that state going crazy, except for Jay North. I was just I was just in Colorado, and I couldn't believe like TSA agents, people at the airport, people, you know, the, uh, drivers. He's captured all of Colorado, but you talk about resonating throughout this country and probably a lot internationally. Um, it, it's incredible what he's done, and you're right. He's turned the roster over like nobody else, and people got upset at that. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. if you're going to win in college football, you take advantage of the rules. He hasn't broken any rules. He's taken advantage of the new rules, and there'll be a big turnover again next year too because his job is to win championships. Yeah. And as much as that sounds, but he's also he's not a mercenary. He's making sure these guys go to class, open doors for treat women correctly, open doors for you know. Uh, being being classy, yeah, being classy, classy. Other things, yeah, yes. And you know what? I'm telling you, if you're a parent, and I don't know how you don't want to send your kid to somebody that's giving them 
positive messaging and leading by example. I don't think he's a hypocrite. I think it's the real deal. No, no, he's not. He's not a hypocrite. I've talked to, to June about him quite a bit and because June coached him and knows him pretty well and stuff. And he is what he he is. I mean, he's you know, it it's it's he's flashy. Like you said, he he understands marketing. He understands branding. He's every single day. They're waiting for Dion to say something. You know, I mean, who tell me another coach in America that every day is on all of the news feeds daily other than there's Dion. There's never been nothing like this. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know. I don't know if you can copy this formula. This show, there's other great players, but he almost did his due diligence by going to Jackson State HBCU and turning that program around and surrounding himself with guys like Mike Zimmer and some of these veteran coaches. Dion knows that he doesn't really have to coach football. What he has to do is coach coaches. Coach coaches, coach that's right. And deliver, and deliver you know, positive messages and, and motivate people. And that's what he does. And he surrounds himself with great coaches. So as soon as he gets a real offensive line and a defensive line and some of these other things in the next couple of years, then you'll see him compete for national championships. But you're right, this game of football is crazy. And if they can beat you know, get lucky because they're not as talented as USC and Oregon right now. The Pac-12's never been better. There's five great quarterbacks in that conference. Uh, it's almost dumbfounding to know that they don't have a television contract and that conference is dividing next year when this is the best they've ever been, including Colorado. Yeah. And he's going to win some games in this in the Pac-12, and next year he's going to win more games because he's going to get better athletes. Yeah, he is. And there's going to be – you know, the – I, I look at it, and I, I'm not sure how you think about it, and we've never talked about it, but I think the transfer portal gives you an opportunity to restock and get better real fast. I mean, I could, I, I was sitting there thinking if, if, uh, if you guys had the transfer portal where you could go and get you a corner or a safety that you know could play in June when he was coaching there, could get a line or a receiver and get two or three of them to come in at the same time. Are you kidding me to be able to no. do what you guys could do in the way, I mean, recruiting is totally different right now. And the transfer portal gives you a chance to turn it around immediately. You know, June Jones is saying was, why would a wide receiver want a stock block in the cold? Don't you want to catch 100 balls? And that would, that would resonate and appeal to so many receivers. You're right about we would get these skilled athletes, we'd get quarterbacks, we'd get linemen because they pass protect. We'd get all kinds of people. But when Dion's taking this to a new level, because when you talk about NIL, name, image, and likeness, there's millions of dollars flowing through that program for these athletes to get paid. And, you know, Artie, you and I both know socioeconomically as well, These most of these people, people that play football are from poor areas are from poor backgrounds. They need to help their mom and their dad, their single parent. They have all kinds of economic issues. You start offering them NIL money along with messaging to make you a better person. Yeah. He's going to get these kids from down South, from Florida, from Texas, from California, whatever, that want to not only make money during college, but want to become better people. Yeah. That to me is it's worth millions and literally and figuratively. Yeah, no question about it. And I can tell you this, there are mothers, there are mothers that want their sons to get away from the environment that they're currently in to go and to live somewhere different and to play for a guy like Deion Sanders. Rich, I appreciate Coach you. Prime has become their dad. Yeah. Coach Prime has become the father yeah. and, and the, the mentor and the coach and the just the, the and he's and he's he's literally one of the 
most famous figures in sports history. Yeah, no question. All right, man. Well, look, I appreciate you spending some time tomorrow. Hawaii, New Mexico State University. Your 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 heart is, your heart is telling you what. My heart is always you know, Hawaii. The thing about me, already is I don't bet football because my yeah. mind may tell me one thing, my heart will tell me the other thing, but my heart has to be with Hawaii. Yeah, okay. All right. I'll, we'll leave it at that. I'm not going to ask you we'll to pick the one. Yeah, no, we'll no. leave it at that. Appreciate you spending some time with us. We'll see you tomorrow at the at the stadium or at the T.C. Ching Field. We'll see you tomorrow, man. Have a good broadcast, and we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, see you tomorrow. All right. Rich Miano. We had a few moments with Miano. We're going to take another break, and we'll be back right after this. All right, welcome back to the show. Appreciate the time with Rich Miano. And once again, I stress, if you have a chance, get out there tomorrow. Support the uh, football team. They need it, and they need that win. And get down to the, the stand center, the Stanley, the Simplify Arena tonight because Robin's young ladies could use the support as well as they open Big West play in their conference. Uh, it should be a fun match tonight, and let's get there and support. Um, all right, man, you got to tell me. Tomorrow's game. Talk to me. Talk to me. Tomorrow's game. Who wins the game? I got to say Hawaii because I you, think we need to win this game. No, we need to win. No question about it. So I think the guys should come out with a little bit of extra, a little bit of something, you know? Something to help them, you know, get out, get motivated, and win this game because it'll make getting to six wins a little bit easier. That's for sure for a bowl game because I think that's what you should be shooting for every single year as a football program. So I think Hawaii should win tomorrow because they have to, and I'm going to go with 27-21 because New Mexico State is a much improved program. Okay, and isn't that amazing? Here we're talking about New Mexico State – which was a was kind of a, I mean I'm not sure what they were even before the last couple of years. They were they were what you would pencil in as sure wins, in the past. And now they were sent. They were they were football's version of Central Arkansas. We're having Central Arkansas in for basketball once again. Uh, same thing. Uh, now all of a sudden New Mexico State is. They're bringing some talent in here. It's going to be a good one. I'm excited to go to that game tomorrow. I got a lot of things to do early in the day, but I'll be there, you know, ready to 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 watch it and hopefully experience some victory because we need that. Now, at this point, when you look at what your predictions were for the season, we're one and three. That's where I thought we would be. Where are you? Were you more optimistic than than one and three after four games? I thought we could be two and two, but in reality, we could have been two and two. Yeah. But where we are where we should be. Everyone I think thought it was gonna be a one and three start so far. Yeah. Because of those three games you lose, yeah, they're all power five teams. Yeah. Yeah. Which are overall more talented, overall more faster, overall better facilities. So if look, Vanderbilt or Stanford an upset could have happened. Yep. We could have been two and two, but one and three is probably what is you probably thought. where everyone everyone should have thought we should have been. So I think that's why I'm so surprised that a lot more people are more down on the program. Okay, so uh, at the so start with, of the year. So with nine games left, you're saying the magic number is six. So with nine games left, they have to go five and four in these last nine games. 
It could happen. Okay. So we, we got hey. a, we got an easy schedule in the Mountain West. Yeah, yeah. The schedule in the Mountain West is not the toughest. It'll be interesting to see. Anyway, we'll talk about that next week. We'll see where you're picking. We'll see where it goes. Five and four over the next nine games. It starts with New Mexico State tomorrow. Get down to the Simplify Arena tonight for the Wahine and then get to T.C. Ching Field. Bear with it. It's going to rain. There'll be some rain clouds busting open the water, and it'll be wet. And it's it'll be a little, It'll be a little uncomfortable going in and out of some of those seats. But, hey, it'll be a football game, and the team needs you. We'll see you next week, Hawaii. Have a great weekend, everybody, and uh, see you later.